Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mindful Steward podcast. My name is Sean Grabowski. I am the founder of themindfulsteward.com, which is the website for my mindfulness education company. I have a few online courses that are coming out shortly, and I actually teach corporate meditation in workplaces, um, basically helping work teams learn how to better manage their stress and use mindfulness tools for both this purpose as well as enhancing their cognitive performance through you know, neurohacking and understanding the way their brain works in order to use it better. So I know it has been a while since I've released a podcast episode, so I was really excited to get this one up here today, nice and quickly, right after recording it with my good friend, Christopher Michael Evans, who is a videographer and video director and a writer as well. And this is a, an episode about a topic uh, I know him and I are both really passionate about. And that topic is pornography. And uh, the episode is for everyone. Of course, it's about the issue on a whole. I think the fact that both of us are men allows us to speak about the effect pornography has on the masculine realm a little bit better. I know there's a lot of people who may not be aware of this yet, but pornography is something in modern times where there is an absolutely enormous usage of it. And it's a topic that is often brushed under the rug, even though it's part of everyday life for a lot of people. It affects many of us. And its widespread usage is really shifting the way we see sexuality and also the way a lot of men are showing up in the world. It's become very normalized and it's a topic that has a lot of shame attached to it. So it's completely hidden and it's very, very rarely discussed. However, there is a lot of science coming out about the effects of pornography on the brain and on the mind. And a little more freaky is the effects that it has on underdeveloped brains. And many of the people who are taking up this habit are young men. And by young men, I mean, you know, high school aged or younger. Of course, it's maybe not the best thing to brush under the rug. I think it's an important conversation to have. I've been holding off on the conversation for a long time, but I think to get the dialogue started, I'm not the first person talking about it. I'm not the most expert um, professional researcher topic, talking about it, but I'd like to be a part of the solution and part of fostering awareness for what is going on with this new thing as far as human society goes that is creeping into the way that people act in a lot of different areas of life. So this episode is going to touch on some pretty sensitive topics, but the purpose of this episode is really just to have a conversation and dialogue about pornography and about how it's affecting men and women and, and all of society. So if that's a topic that interests you, of course, please give it a listen. If you have any feedback to share with us or any concerns about the episode or anything, of course, never hesitate to send me an email. I have a contact form on my website. Um, I would actually love to hear some feedback about this episode if anyone has any to share. I think it's a really interesting conversation. But 
before I ramble on for too long, I'm going to get this episode started. I hope you enjoy it. If you are interested in staying up to date with the things that are going on with the Mindful Steward, the free guided meditations that I offer, and the online courses that are coming out, of course, just feel free to subscribe on the website. And on that note, thanks for checking this episode out. I hope you enjoy it. I guess our COVID Chronicles episodes kind of didn't happen that much because you and I actually ended up really busy during quarantine. But we you were busy with work. I was busy with starting a job at a brand new ad agency and also moving to Vancouver across the entire continent. This um, is a big episode, big new things. Yeah, right? It's exciting. Like, I, I like these. It's fun to record these. Um, but... Uh, was just a little too busy to get one in here. So this is an episode I wanted, you and I have been talking about recording this for like six months probably, but. Oh man, this is the day of reckoning. Yes, exactly. So porn, it's such a <clears throat> taboo topic. Like people literally, they kind of look at you funny even for talking about it sometimes, but we live in a really weird time where it's an actually, it's actually a large problem. And many people don't even know this. Um, they don't even know how it's affecting people. They don't know how severe it is. And I feel like there's a lot of issues in society, in modern society, that are out in the open and everyone kind of knows they're there. And this is one that's almost entirely brushed under the rug for some weird reason. I think people just feel uncomfortable talking about it because it applies to almost everyone, because it applies to almost every young man in the westernized world. And and people are just, it's just very close to home because everyone has brothers, sisters, you know, it's not just a problem for men, but I guess for this mm. topic, you and I are probably better at touching on it from that perspective, the side of the masculine realm. But um, I feel like this is just a good entry point to it, but there was a TED talk that I stumbled across. So maybe I'll just talk about my introduction to the world of porn actually being bad and making the choice to not watch it and not only that just kind of give a backstory on why and what exactly it does to people but um yeah you know I had a friend tell me about this thing there's a community online called nofap and hey. I don't, yeah I don't really Represent. like the name <laughs> I mean, it's a good community. It's like men getting their shit together so they can be better guys for the world. But um, I think the name NoFap takes credibility away from it, unfortunately. But Maybe. Um, yeah, and I had a buddy years ago talking about it. I came across this NoFap community and he stopped watching porn and he started feeling amazing. And that was the first introduction to it. And I think maybe this is an important preface to include in here at the very start, but um, almost all young men either have or do watch porn. It's literally one of those things that you can't really argue anymore. There's been a lot of, of studies where they've tried to research the effects of porn on the brain and they get, try and get a group of men who watch porn a ton, a group of men who watch porn a little bit and a group of men who don't watch porn. And they can almost never find a group of men who don't watch porn or have never watched porn. 
Um, there was a, yeah, there's this famous study from McGill University in Montreal where the study, basically the most crazy finding of the study was that they couldn't even find a control group big enough of men who have never been exposed to porn, young men in their 20s. So as much as you or whoever's listening might even feel uncomfortable listening to this right now, it applies to all of you. It applies to all of us. It's a really big thing <clears throat> a young, among young men. It's not necessarily good for our brains. But to go back and finish off the little intro story that I have, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard about it years and years ago, probably about seven or eight years ago now. Thought it was interesting. Thought my friend who told me about it was a really inspiring, fascinating guy who had his shit together. But just didn't take it seriously. Didn't look into it. And years later, I was in like a crisis of anxiety. This is something I talked about on my podcast before, but I was at a point where I was like on EI, getting money from the government for being unemployed. And I was a young person, had nowhere, no path in mind. And I just kind of, I think it, maybe I was lucky to be exposed to a few people who snapped me out of it. But one of the tools that really honestly helped me then was coming across this TED talk that talked about porn's effects on the brain and the recovery of the brain when you remove porn out of your life. And that's what the NoFap community is all about. Like get your brain back to normal. So you're not addicted to that crazy stimulation that porn provides because the real world is not like that. And it takes away your ability to function in the real world. But, um, and yeah, you know, there's even to this day, I've, <clears throat> I kind of turned things around pretty well for myself personally. Um, I think I'm in a quite a good position in my life professionally and, and personally and spiritually too. And the three things I always um, basically toted was like meditation every day helped me a ton, which is of course why I'm a meditation teacher and teaching work teams how to manage stress and whatnot. Quitting porn was enormous for me. It, it totally decreased my anxiety. It totally decreased my ADHD-ness, whatever you want to call it, because I was never diagnosed. But um, totally increased my mood levels and my ability to sleep better, um, even to keep muscle on better because there's more testosterone flowing through your body, little things like that. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the, and then I think the third thing was just, you know, investing in yourself. When I was investing and started actually being willing to put money towards things and towards my own learning, it totally changed everything. But um, anyways, I'm rambling, but. No, I'm liking it. I'm absorbing it. Yeah, yeah. But in a nutshell, you know, porn in this TED talk from, uh, I forget who it was, a, a pretty well-known researcher. He's talking about how when you watch porn, you get a massive blast of serotonin and dopamine, just brain chemicals, like reward and pleasure chemicals, just flood your brain. Um, and realistically, porn is kind of shot in a way that's not even what real intimate relationships are like. And in that sense, you get more of a flood than actual sex, um, at least, you know, if you're using porn every day. Um, and, and yeah, it really desensitizes, first of all, real sex, um, but it decreases male confidence. Like we're, men 
are at their best when they have healthy levels of testosterone flowing through their body. It's like the chemical that keeps us going in that way. And you're using it all up on a video watching other people do their business. It's actually weird when you break it down like that, but yeah. flooding your brain with chemicals and then just losing, like using them all up. This is normally a, bra a baseline wave, like brain waves of those chemicals, like the amounts that would naturally be flowing through your brain or your body. And you end up with like flooding it. So it goes shoots up and then your baseline drops. And when your baseline of the chemicals that keep you confident, happy, focused, alert are low all the time, and you're constantly doing this, you end up in a nutshell with a whole society of men who have more anxiety than is natural for a man, who have more ADHD than is natural for a man, who, is, who have more, I don't know, self-doubt than is natural for a man, um, all of these things. And... I personally think it's one of the biggest, the biggest crises out here for the, the masculine realm at the moment. And I have a lot of friends who completely deny this and they have really horrible evidence to back up their claims. So I don't, um, it's a controversial that. argument. It's controversial because I think people take it personally because they're like, well, I do that. And that's an attack on me. Um, but you're not someone who's against it. You've tried it for yourself and you've like obviously know what it feels like. And a lot of the no fappers talk about how <clears throat> eliminating porn from your life, you actually start to feel amazing all the time. You can get way more productive. You feel more confident, et cetera. And you and I have just been bouncing these ideas around for years about how good it is in our own experiences. So you and I are recording this episode to dive in a little deeper. Oh boy. It's a big one. I've been waiting for this episode and I feel like honestly, in a lot of ways, this might be the most important episode to talk about. Personally, I would say that because this is something that I have definitely lived with my whole life into now realizing the effects of it. Um, and just how like, minimal it starts and how innocent it starts and i'm only now hearing influential speakers and and people online even the nofab community like i never had heard of that before and when i did it started kind of giving me this hope of you know what this is a discussion that hasn't been talked about yet but needs to be and not just for men this is the interesting twist i think this is a human issue um it's just kind of glamorized in a way or i guess kind of encouraged by men um which then affects obviously the females because they're the they're the uh, the objectified victims of this whole movement really um so it's interesting man what you said about like you, you used to have anxiety and or you, you know you, you had stress and all that like that all people don't realize what you you will not know what you're addicted to until you remove it from your life like like anything but so many things are culturally accepted and and supported even specifically sex that you are raised to just believe it's normal it's natural and and to think otherwise is unfathomable and i feel like me and you have had this discussion with our friends and people and peers of 
imagine not watching porn or masturbating and a lot of people just shut down and say why the hell would i do that Mm -hmm. and it opens up a whole other question well why yeah um, absolutely what why do you think if you were to say why what would you what would you tell them what are the things that you think would be the first things you would mention i think it always started in conversations very casually of like, well, could you like, what are the odds? You know, we play, what are the odds all the time with our friends? Like, what are the odds you could not, not jerk off for a week? That's like a, that's a very common comment I've heard. And it turned into this joke, but then it was kind of like a no, but actually like, what are the odds you could stop watching porn for a day, for two days, for a week, for, you know, and I think there's two sides to it. And, I mean, I'm probably diving in a little deep off the top here, but porn and masturbation I'm kind of talking about there. They both go hand in hand, but then that is the Pandora's box to overall addiction and, um, you know, mainly sex addiction. Sure. But like everything else opens up because you're playing with emotions. Now you're playing with humans and there's there, that's a realm that I don't think our society understands it's so valuable and important to, to nurture and to educate ourselves on and respect. And we don't respect our bodies. We treat our bodies as pleasure palaces and we, we inject pornography. We inject, you know, dopamine every day because it's culturally accepted, but little do we know it's slowly eating away at what it is to be human. And it's justifying so many things that are, unhealthy and over time it's like rust it just it just deteriorates your soul and i mean that sounds kind of deep and a little daunting i don't want to go into these big scary rants right now but at the same time i'm talking you know i started this new decade with a lot of learned lessons and i'm not (laughs) saying i'm perfect and i'm not saying i'm not still diving into this area but this there's a lot that i've i've stopped doing and there's a lot that i'm talking about now and 2020 has been an interesting year for everybody. And I think this was, uh, this was a massive part of it was now we're all at home. Everyone's been at home. Everyone's it's like an excuse now to watch porn and an excuse to just release your stress because the world's falling apart, right? Everyone's complaining and there's a lot of terrible things happening right now. And from a distance, if you're isolated in your home, I can't imagine anxiety, mental health, like so many things just going through the roof in people's lives that, these little vices they don't know they need, mainly porn and masturbation. It's available. It's, it's healthy, right? So why not do it? <laughs> and then here we are going back into the world. Yeah. But, um, that argument that it's healthy, I find, is, is the most interesting one. Because truly, um, like, it's an interesting topic because I'm sure masturbation is healthy but it's like everything it can be healthy in a in the right balance of it like maybe not doing it every day even if you're not watching porn probably isn't good you're you're like blasting your brain chemicals away um and that's the whole premise of of what i think why i think a lot of people do this is because they're like why am i wasting that like I, I want my brain to be charged up and ready to be optimal and not tired or anything like that. Um, so That's a huge yeah, part, I mean, yeah. yeah, but um, 
Yeah, the argument that it's healthy is a really interesting one because I just remember hearing that so many times in school. And literally in, I forget what it's called, but it's like health and wellness when you first start learning about puberty in school. Really? And they're like, don't feel bad. It's okay. It's natural. Right. Um, and I'm sure that kind of is what primed a lot of young men to be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'll just watch porn. Like, it's natural to, to you know. Um, it's justified. Yeah. But, and this is where I remember you and I were even having this debate with a, a friend of ours at, at one point in Toronto. And mm-hmm. that was his argument. And he was like, it's normal. You know, other animals do it. Other, like monkeys do it. That was his example. And it's like, sure, it happens in the animal kingdom. But if you want to actually boil it down, like which monkeys are doing that? It's, and I'm not trying to turn this into one of those like alpha beta male type debates, but <laughs> like it's, it's the beta monkeys that do that. The ones that get beat up by all the bigger ones and they never ever get to have <laughs> sex with the females of the pack. So they're in the corner masturbating. Like <laughs> it's like they are the betas of their, of their communities. And the thing about being human is you can kind of decide whether that's what you want to be. And if you want to watch porn in your basement all the time as a young man, is that the choice you're making? You're kind of making the choice to become that beta monkey in your community. Unless maybe you are someone who has your life together. But in my personal experience and a lot of the men I know who defend their porn watching, it doesn't seem like the people who are watching that are the people who have everything together emotionally, professionally. Um, yeah, I think physically, but that's, and again, it's not a judgment thing. I think going back to what you said about like learning this in school, the one thing I've now understood and noticed about education, culture, um, and and just overall acceptance of, of sex in, in our generation and our, you know, in our culture is it's actually very shamed. It's, I, I think the, the theme I learned was at a young age, when you find pornography, you're so young and that's your first, I guarantee there's statistics you can look up on this. I don't like, don't quote me, but they're up there, there where like the majority of males, like their first introduction to sex is through some sort of hardcore pornography. And I, I, I definitely am a victim of that at a young age. And And it's something that you think is just, oh, you just, I just saw my Playboy, my dad's Playboy magazine when I was three years old in his basement. And like, it doesn't really mean anything. Flash forward, you know, 40 years. And I'm going to, I'm going to use my, my good, uh, my good pal, Connie West as an example here, which I like to, I like to quote a lot, but to be fair, he's the only person I ever heard say, I have been, I had been living my whole life around the Playboy magazine I found in my dad's garage when I was four years old I had to put that in every piece of work I had he made a whole album take a guess brownie points of which one where he blasted pornography in the studio during the whole production of it and it's one of his best albums I mean arguably uh dark twisted fantasy and um I I look at someone like that and I'm like now he's completely flipped and he's back to faith roots and he's back to like this surrender almost to, to, to control. And he's like, you know what, this is exactly what messed me up. 
I'm a recovering sex addict and this is why. And, and, I, and then, okay, I'm just going on a rant about that. But to me, it, it comes down to shame. And we're told that masturbation and porn and sex is normal at a very young age. But I think it's out of fear that parents and teachers put it into to children's um, minds because they, they don't want to have sex talks with their kids. I've talked to parents personally. I've talked to parents and they're like, you know what I've heard the most? Because I've had this conversation a lot now with people. And a lot of them have said, Oh, I cannot, I don't know what I'm going to do when my kid asks me about sex because they, they, they're just not, they see it as a, as a awkward thing. And I'm thinking, well, I get that. But at the same time, you're going to need to, because your kid's probably already watching for him. Oh yeah. He has an iPad. And that's a whole other conversation right there about like the, this generation of like, we used to have to find magazines and like printed literature, like VHS thick tape like thick vhs things in back of variety stores and now it's you literally have an iphone that's it yeah so it's it's shame-based and i think it just comes down to that and i think that's something that i've been unraveling honestly my whole life and recently now i've finally come to this conclusion and understanding of what's been holding me back and and, and i and i mean that not in the way that i my life has now finally miraculously changed because of no fap and because of no porn but it, it kind of also is now I've never felt I've felt so happy and so content and so understanding. I appreciate women from a distance way more than I used to when I was watching porn because you can't stop your brain from going there. Like, think about it. It's culturally accepted. It's called a, you know, an F boy. I'm not swearing. My mom might listen. Um, <laughs> But you don't, you know what I mean? Like there's like this culturally, like, oh, guys are like this. They're all, and I'm like, yeah, well, they're encouraged to be like this. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's an interesting, like the shame thing is, I think you're absolutely right. Like that's how society frames this whole experience is it's a shameful thing. It's um, a hush hush thing. Yeah. And that's why this topic that applies to almost every young man is barely ever talked about um they never talk about it it truly is an epidemic um of mass proportions but yeah so i guess really i mean it's a tricky conversation and i don't know the answers but reframing it could be part of the solution because it has to be talked about there has to be a dialogue and it's probably not gonna there's not gonna be too much dialogue until people like you and me aren't ashamed to have this conversation, but right. the whole society has to view it in a not shameful way as well for it to become a societal conversation. Yeah. And I, and I think of, uh, just to touch on this, like <laughs> to people listening, because even us going on about porn's bad, we don't watch porn. We don't masturbate. Now we're living our best lives. It's like, that's also coming across, you know, maybe like people are intimidated and feeling judged or like shameful again, the shame. And I, I get that feeling. And I'm, I'm hoping by listening to us rant about what we've ranted about so much, it won't come across that way. And I'm actually just approaching this as like, everybody struggles with this. I don't care who you are, what age I'm talking children, little kids to like elderly people. I'm assuming that's a stretch, but I, I would definitely think because what's the ultimate, the ultimate, thing is like (laughs) sex we're here because of sex you get married you have partners and then you you have kids because of sex so sex is like the most it's life it literally is life so how why are we perverting it why are we turning into this like 
again, like a quick, it's a quick fix. It's instant gratification, uh, instant gratification culture, right? So we have endless social media platforms and videos and like little songs that just promote sex. It's just been a thing. It's like nonchalant. You don't even think about it anymore, but now people are starting to pick up and realize, wait a minute, this is, I don't feel right. And that's a good conversation starter. Like, yeah, you know, if you're feeling like you're losing sleep, you're stressed, you're, you don't have as much confidence, you feel insecure. You got to remove stuff to figure out what you're allergic to. Right. And I think the one thing people don't even want to give up is porn and masturbation because they're fixated on like it's healthy. And that's a conversation, man, where it gets really interesting because a lot of people say, well, you know, I like, for example, this is a pretty <laughs> specific one, but I've heard people be like, well, if I go on a first date, I'm going to make sure I <laughs> masturbate before so I, I can focus on them. I've heard this multiple times. I'm thinking, whoa, that's very interesting to hear because all that's hmm. saying is I'm so fixated on the lust and the, the passion of meeting a new person, like a, an attractive person. And like, obviously I'm going to want to get with them. But, you know, I really got to behave and like, you know, get that out of the, get that out of my mind. So the least I can do is my business yeah. before I, I meet up with her. I, and this is a common thing. And, and to is. me, I'm thinking, wait a minute, there's the issue. It's like, you don't have self-control because you've never given yourself a chance to try and control it. And I'm Ooh. telling you, this like no that. fat movement, that's what it's about. That's the conversation I just brought up earlier when we're sitting at the table with our friends. Hey, like, could you do a week without it? Could you do two weeks? What are the odds? That's as simple as it starts. And you've seen firsthand how defensive people even get. They're like, why would I? It's stupid. I don't mm -hmm. need to. It's like coffee, man. It's like, oh, I could, could you give up coffee for a week. Well, no, why would I? Well, could you give up, you know, and it's little vices and it's like innocent things. And it's, I'm sure coffee is not bad for you, but if you're having like 10 cups a day, losing sleep and you're getting angry at your coworkers every morning because subconsciously you forgot your coffee and now you're angry because you didn't get your coffee. That's a, again, culturally accepted norm right there. But I don't, I think it's a deeper thing. Mm -hmm. I really like what you said there about the self-control, like giving yourself the chance. Oh man, that was genius. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, at the end of the day, like that's exactly it. You know, there's, I've never even listened to it, but Joe Rogan, of course, I got to pump hey, Joe Rogan up a bit because he's a very intellectual street. man. <laughs> but mm. he, he always talks about this book called The Coddling of the American Mind. And ah. it talks about um, young people, like our age at, and younger, and about what exactly it does, like living in instant gratification culture. Um, I've read the cliff notes on it. So just the, I just kind of know the summary. And... Okay. And also, when everything comes easy in your life, what does that do to you? And it doesn't do very good things. Like, you have to want to change. And the reality is that will always take discipline. This, this mm -hmm. myth that life is, should always be easy. Like, I, being someone who's in kind of the spiritual community a little bit through my meditation stuff, I hear this term very often, like, follow your bliss. Like you'll know when an experience isn't right for you, when it feels hard. And it's like, right. no, that's kind of the beauty of life is like everything requires effort and commitment. So 
you have to choose what things really matter to you and commit to them. They're not an attached, like you can't have be attached to an outcome that you want and expect it to occur. You have to be committed to it. So you really need to know what is right for you. But um, yeah, and you know, holding back, just holding your urges truly does like create this discipline. And um, I can't even help it. Like I'm one of those people who, when there's, when there's like data and, uh, and like proven things about anything that's kind of a little more metaphysical, like even not masturbating and watching porn, I can't help it. Like, I feel like that's who I am in the meditation world. There's like the cross section between the science of it and the kind of original practice. But right. so, you know, it's like fascinates me that there's this practice of discipline, but at the same time, it like changes the chemicals of your brain to be better. Um, and yeah, I feel like I got to quickly fit this in here, but just like what you were saying, like this really is not about us promoting that shame of it again. Like right. there are a lot of guys I know, and I'm, I'm sure I know women who are watching porn as well. And I'd say everybody that's listening to this, including us. Quite likely. <laughs> yeah. Quite likely a lot of them. And right. the reality is it's just, it's just, <laughs> um, a lot. I don't know how to word this exactly, but it's like, I, w it's just, I want everyone to be able to experience what you get out of being free from that. Yeah. hundred like, percent. I kind of, like the way I kind of see addictions is like when you are a slave to anything, um, that's kind of like my personal definition of it. Like, just think about all the little things that you're almost a slave to. Like, this is what I was kind of a few years ago when I kind of started on this path of really transforming my life. I was like, what am I a slave to? Instagram. Mm -hmm. Many of my friends noticed that I deactivate my Instagram for months at a time regularly because I don't ever want to be a slave to that. Um, what am nice. I also my slave to ice cream and <laughs> that's not a bad addiction, but you know, I know that drinking, um, yeah, I'm a slave to, uh, honestly, yeah, like porn back then. And just think about what your life would be if nothing was there pulling you and you were just going to it. Like it's purely mm -hmm. just you and yourself choosing exactly what you want to do and who you want to be yeah. and that is this podcast is more about empowering everyone to embody that and kind of just think about it like take this information and do what you want with it but this is yeah. an account from me an account from you and if you ever choose to go on reddit or nofap you will see that thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the world are seeing the same benefits their lives to just feel a little bit better a lot bit better let me tell you and the thing yeah. is again people are going to hear this at different levels in their life and i'm someone who's a slow learner and i I'm, i mean i'm 28 like i'm still learning a lot but i'm so thankful that i've been through what i've been through to get here to even have this kind of conversation with a close friend because i think it's super important to flip the norm and go out of this mentality of, you know what, we're all monkeys that it's natural to do. And I'm thinking, well, no, we're bigger than that. We're humans, actually. We're human beings. We're, we, have, we have souls. We have purpose. And just be 
because you justify an animal doing something, it doesn't mean you should do that. And it comes down to the control thing, the self-control thing. And I, I don't want people to feel sh- ashamed. I, I just want them to maybe take another look into their daily routine. And the thing is, man, it's so innocent. It starts on Instagram. It starts when you open your phone. It starts when you see a YouTube video. It, it's so innocent. You walk down the street. And, and the one thing with the no fat movement, which is interesting, is you actually get to a point where you really can appreciate beauty. And it sounds cheesy. It sounds kind of hilarious, but you can actually understand like, wow, that person is just beautiful. And they're, they're, they're so, they're so good looking. And, and it's not just lust fueled because when you're watching porn every night and you go into public, it's going to have an effect on you. You're going to see a cute girl because guess what? There's 7 billion people in the world and a lot of them are good looking. If not, everyone has their own unique trait. Right. And the thing is that's going to start triggering you. And now you're going to go on Instagram. You're going to see something else. And Instagram is way more, as we all know, that's, that's like the gateway drug to porn. Ask any guy. And this is a conversation that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but like a lot of people start on Facebook or Instagram. They, they see something, it triggers them. They end up on another website and then the rest is history. But then this becomes a routine. I've even heard in relationships when I talk, I've talked to people in relationships about this too. Like couples who approve of it and um, girls who encourage their guys to watch porn when they're out of town. I, I've heard this. I've heard it justified. It's like, well, I'd rather him watching porn than sleeping with someone else. And I'm like, well, doesn't that bring up a bigger issue? Like wh- the control is not there. So we're just trying to tame it with porn. And I think people don't want to admit it, but that's kind of what it can come down to. It's an addiction. It's an addiction that you, in the back of your mind, in the core of your gut, you know, it's huge. It's, it's, it's a big elephant in the room and no one's trying to talk about it, but it's the biggest elephant in the room. And that's where I came to in my life where I realized, you know what, like, why are my relationships in this cycle? Why, why, am, I, why am I attracted to the same type of female? A lot of our friends listening will, will love this rant. But the thing is, it's it's something that's seated in you as a child, innocently and nurtured over time. And with shame and guilt and like I, growing up in a home where it was just my mom, like it was just me and my mom. I didn't have brothers. I didn't have a father figure to, you know, maybe help me, guide me, explain to me what, you know, was right and wrong about the opposite sex, I had to figure that out on my own. And my education definitely came from, you know, porn and things that I was ashamed of even talking about. I've never talked about it with like my mom or anybody really. Now I'm ranting about it because I think it's important to to bring up and just let people know that it is normal what we're going through. This is like, it's 2020. Like we have a lot of things we're juggling as humans right now, but the core that core lust and, and, and like sexual desire is something that through generations has been an issue. Now we're just in the technology era where we have access to fantasies, like 3d virtual reality. Sorry. I'm in the middle of a race right now downtown here, but yeah, you're in the middle of this boom of, porn man it's everywhere you can't like now porn's not even porn they just say oh it's just you know it's just the new cardi b video it's normal <laughs> it's just a tiktok dance it's just tiktok it's like well, yeah okay 
I mean, the sexualization of everything is a pretty huge topic as well, but <laughs> we could talk about that for hours probably. Oh, we could um, go on with everything. But you're right. It's a really new age problem. You know, we live in a technological society and a lot of our problems are going to be technological problems, just like cyber warfare and people watching, finding access to crazy stuff on the internet that they maybe shouldn't while they're 12 years old on their iPhone that they have so they can call their mom or younger when they're in the yeah. park. Yeah. And you know what? Oftentimes younger. I do oh, want to talk about, times. yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like even like I was talking to a couple of my friends here in North Vancouver today and about this topic, they were, they were asking, Hey, what are you recording about today? And I was like, this oh, topic, spicy. because I'm really passionate about it. I think it's really fucking important. I and just love porn, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they were, they were honestly like completely on board um, about Sweet. it being a really important conversation. But uh, the one the one girl was telling me a story about her friend who or like a friend of a friend. It's kind of a distant person, but um, I think she heard about this story from a friend about another friend, but just this girl who's, you know, met this guy on a dating app. And on the first date, he was like, just so you know, um, me and my brother often hook up with girls together. Like, Oh, are you okay with that? Because like, that's what I'm Whoa. looking for. And she hasn't done it yet, but apparently she was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit weird. I, she just like kind of dodged the question or something. And then, and apparently he just keeps asking these questions. Like, are you okay if we bring this other crazy situation in the mix? Are you okay if we do this other crazy thing? And, oh boy. um, I mean, she's taking the mindset of, Oh yeah. Like if I just ignore it, it'll probably go away. And it's, first of all, that's a whole different subject. Obviously it won't. That's what the person wants. They've clearly told you, um, you're not going to wait it out. But second of all, um, it just makes me think about, there's two things I think I want to touch on in this episode that we haven't dove into yet. And it's like the crazy escalation of how, raunchy the content has got on porn because i think that's actually part of the huge problem like it's actually weird where it has gone these days and oh, yeah. also the subject of like young people on their phone and when i mean young i mean children i remember mm -hmm. like years ago <clears throat> when you and i were the only ones talking about this we went to a documentary kind of talking about all the situations teachers are dealing with in school with young, literally young boys acting really inappropriate because they've seen it on their, on porn sites. And they're like 10 yeah. year old, nine year old, eight year old kids. Um, and that just is so damaging to their brains at that age too. Um, but uh, I think that's probably like an, a really important thing to talk about because that I think there's a lot of problems, but it's different when you're like, oh, a bunch of adult men are deciding to do something with their own decision-making skills versus this situation where we have young children like scarring the way their brain works by doing, seeing these crazy videos. And, um, you know, porn used to truly be little porn mags. It was Playboy. And you'd see 
naked girls. And um, I'm sure for the young men of that era, like amazing. That was like the amazing. And then it just was like, oh, sex on cameras. Oh, um, like pizza guy delivering whatever (laughs) comes over and, you know, it all goes down. Brother, is that you? Now it's like this is disturbing stuff, but really like right now, right now it's at the point where it's like this is the kind of stuff twelve year old boys are watching and it's like videos that are titled of like family members hooking up. And I don't want to make this this video like I mean this podcast like too too like out there for us to even air it. So I'm not gonna go into it, but it's like Yeah think about what that does to people, like what that primes it for. And even this is something that I think is actually a little bit scary to me, but um, like, like I hate this word because mm-hmm. uh, I, I really, I, I feel uncomfortable even saying it, but like rape culture, like, is it oh, not yeah. promoting that? Is it not, is it not like sexualizing that experience? Um, 100%, man. Like, I feel so wrong. That feels like a word I did never wanted to even say, but. <laughs> but so that's part of the conversation. Literally, like, this is the issue. Right? It's like, even, we're, we're, you're, I know what you're trying to say. And it's like, even now, I guess it's a 2020 thing. Like, you got to be careful what you say out loud. But at the same time, no, like, this is the problem. You go on Netflix, man. I remember like a couple months ago, during, of conveniently in the middle of all this, one of the, the first thing I saw when I went on Netflix is this movie called like 365 days, I think it's called. And it's like the 50 shades of gray, but the Netflix edition of it. And I couldn't stop for two weeks of hearing all these girls on posts all over like Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, everything. They're talking about it. And I just did some research into it as in like, I watched most of it just skimming through. And I was like, wait a minute, this is available on Netflix for anybody. It's straight up porn, man. There's like actual porn scenes, like long drawn out sex scenes. And it's like one of the number one, it was like number one trending in Canada. Like this is the whole thing. And it goes down to, yeah, you know what? If you want to talk about the weird rape culture, these terrible things to talk about, man, that's the reality. Pedophilia, that's the reality broken marriages like sex trafficking that's the reality this is all connected this is what people don't understand and maybe i'm going on a little bit of a leveled up rant now but this is the stuff that you unlock when you let pornography and lust lead the way it only gets to the next level it there's never a cap so this is what we're told we're told oh adults do it 18 plus first of all 18 plus like you're not an adult until you're 25, your brain stops developing around that. You know what I mean? Like 18, sure, you can go watch porn. But like what I'm saying is it's culturally numbed. No one's talking about the implications. Only now it's becoming a bigger thing. Porn's the biggest thing on the internet. The internet is porn. The reason the internet's so big is honestly because of porn at the early stages. People don't realize the amount of money, the amount of resources. The other thing is porn's not free. And this is a big twist to a lot of people, which I really fixate on because I'm really trying to dive into this now end of things as I guess my newly awoken soul. But dude, like sex trafficking, it is fueled by porn. There's, there's so many studies. There's so much evidence that 
you watching and consuming porn it kind of ends up supporting really dark things that you don't even know you're supporting. And this is just the truth. And I'm not here to scare people. And again, going back to the shame and guilt thing, it's a lot to take in like, Oh man, I was just trying to watch some porn and I, and Chris is going off on this dark rant, but I, I'm saying <laughs> this because it's the truth. Like you look at top trending porn videos. Last time I looked, it was about stepbrothers and sisters and moms and it's incest. And young teen girl, preteen, and then like like mature, like you have the spectrum of a human being objectified as a menu item with millions of categories on every porn site with millions of videos. And now people just make their own because it's everyone has a phone. So you upload your own. Now you have OnlyFans. OnlyFans is the newest craze in modern society. And it's still justified. It's in the news very casually. It's all just lust fueled and anything that's that, if that's your decision as like step one, if that's your anchor, it's going to lead you in a dark path. And this is not trying to get, you know, spiritual or try to trying to get political or anything. I'm just trying to say like, that's just the reality. And I'm, I am an example of that where a lot of my relationships failed because they were just passion driven and lust driven. And that's all I could focus on because you know, at least initially, because that was my, my, my porn brain from such a young age. This is what women are supposed to be like. This is what I'm supposed to chase. This is attractive and it's all backwards. And that's why hookup culture is so backwards. That's why people are so confused and hurt all the time because they don't, it's, you have to reinvent the wheel. And that's another topic we can go on about, but. Oh yeah. I don't know, man. It's all connected. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what? I'm going to include the TED talk that initially put me on this whole topic in the description, just so anyone who's watching can, can watch it. Cause it, it might blow your mind a little bit, but, uh, I remember I've watched it so many times. Sometimes I go in there for a refresher, but Does it mark something. I think so. Right. Anyway, just an old researcher guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the guy basically says, think about it. Like, you, in a matter of minutes on a porn site, get to browse through more potential mates, more like good-looking potential mates than your ancestors got to do in an entire lifetime in, in like crazy. a one-minute time span, you know? And yeah, and it also just, I mean, there's so many angles to this conversation. I don't really know where we switch it off and kind of like whatever, but... Um, it's all connected. Know, that's why. Like, do these women look like real women? Oftentimes, they do not. And what does that do for the expectations of a young man? I don't really know. I have friends who are so picky that they're almost thirty years old and they've never had a girlfriend ever. And I know that it comes from their choice to see things that way. But, um, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is when it comes down to hookup culture and this is one thing that I used to be totally um, and you know, they even say that this is what happens as you get older. Like you're like the most liberal person on the planet when you're young, because of course right. change is good. And of course acceptance <clears throat> is good, but you can change your views without losing those. And of course, and the more I've learned, I've actually spent, you know, I, I truly do read about, between audiobooks, I, I'm crushing like 40 books a year. And 
the one thing that I've really become, it's become unanimously clear to me is that like human nature, um, like humans are actually more likely to do well in life when they have a solid family situation. It's completely clear in all the psychological research. People who have had less sexual partners are more likely to find a mate who actually makes them happy for a long chunk of their life. All of these things. So you look at hookup culture and you're like, psychologically, is it really good for any of us? It's just pleasure. It's just like that need for more pleasure all the time. And um, I think part of this is like, and I don't know how it started. I don't know if it started through movies through the way we're taught as young men, probably a combination of both, but men are honestly like young guys truly think like, if I hook up with a lot of girls, like I'm more of a man. Like I'm like a successful, confident guy once I've breached that accomplishment. And it just is not really the case. Like, is that really an accomplishment or is having an awesome partner who makes you happy and that's even another distinction. Like there's a big difference between somebody who makes you look good because they're so hot and that's somebody ego. who makes that's you happy. Ego. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that I personally have really shifted because who are my friends who are, I mean, just in general, like I think having a solid foundation in somebody who's there to be, supportive of your life and you're supportive of them like does that probably feeds you this life energy and life fuel that is a lot better than porn or like hooking up with strangers it's committed love right and i think this is something that i mean i'm only really learning about and understanding fully at least trying to now and, and passionate love is always there the honeymoon stage we have now taken the honeymoon stage and marketed it perfectly, packaged it pretty. Everywhere you look, you can have honeymoon stage. You don't like someone, swipe right. There's a million more. And like, if there's a problem with someone, next. If you, ah, don't worry about it, don't even want a date, that's fine, just stay at home, you got porn, endless. You don't even want a girlfriend, that's fine. You can order one online. Uh, you, dude, did you hear about this? This is a crazy thing. They have brothels they're trying to open in the States. There's one in Mississauga. I don't know if it got closed yet, but it's like a sex toy brothel. Have you heard about this? Sorry, no. sex doll, sex doll brothel. Like you can, you can spend an hour with a, not a blow up doll, but like a real life manufactured female doll. Oh God. This is, I, I know. And I'm thinking about, and I listened God. to their argument about this. And I dug into this, like there's a couple news articles about it. You know what a lot of them said? They said, you know what? This is the safest way for us to um, allow a lot of people who can't, you know, find this, it's a safe environment. And they were actually talking about like even pedophilia, man. And it was bizarre because it's like the argument there was, well, there's so many pedophiles out there. Like if we give them a, you know, a fake, but it is dark, man. This is like, this is not, this is, shouldn't be a conversation that we're justifying and like trying to cater around the whole point is this is an addiction. There's a steep-seated addiction that starts from lust, from shame. It's like nurtured by shame, guilt. What you said was so true. Broken families, man. How many of us have that? Everybody does. 
I'm from I'm I'm a product of divorce. I am as well. I, every I don't know I rarely know people who have solid families, and I, I'm not saying everyone's perfect or no one's perfect. I'm saying just that early childhood trauma when you have to watch your two nurturing loving parents split up the little mannerisms in between that that they think aren't affecting you affect your whole your whole being i'm i'm a product of that i i my you know is like you, it, it, once you start backtracking and you become self aware you start really seeing the chapters of your life and you can read them for what they are and accept them without feeling without feeling terrible and it's not and again that's what it comes down to it's like if you're not self-aware this is going to be a hard pill to swallow this is gonna be a weird podcast to listen to because i get it it takes time and a lot of effort Mm -hmm. and you so this is the one thing that i've really i guess on my journey and teaching people mindfulness and and having a lot of deep conversations, not, not even only just through my podcast, but the fact that I do this, I happen to have a lot of these very often. Um, yeah, you kind of, sorry, my headphones acting weird. I got to, sometimes the rubber piece turns inside out in my ear. It's kind of strange, but, uh, (laughs) I forget where I was even going with that, but, um, yeah, I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. I just got it back. So like in this journey of kind of talking to people and having a lot of conversations and even just teaching people meditation and some of the principles and lessons of being self-aware that come along with that. Um, sometimes it's like, I just want the best for these people so much, but they don't have any interest in, in diving in. And it's really this interesting thing where I I've had to learn how to detach and just kind of be like, everyone's on their own journey, you know, exactly. like, 100%. like, like that is what they need to be doing now is, is focusing on other things. And this is what I need to be doing right now. Um, and it's tricky, but yeah, I mean, to kind of like bring the self-awareness thing back, like my parents, right when I was getting to that age of puberty, like my parents started having a relatively unhealthy marriage and the divorce followed very shortly after. And so when I was at that time of, of dating and starting figuring that out, I never knew what intimacy looked like. Right. So maybe this is a little different for people like me and yourself who, who didn't get to like actually have a model of it in my own house. Maybe it was there when I was younger, but it, on a very unconscious level because I wasn't paying attention to that. I was just a kid running around in the yard, picking worms out of dirt and you know, classic Sean. So yeah, like my story of relationships had a lot to do with me, you know, probably diving into that lust game a lot thinking that maybe that's the answer. Maybe this is how it's done. And then also diving into relationships that had very unhealthy models of affection and intimacy. And, and then I eventually realized like, I don't know what that looks like. So I have to learn myself. Like I'm going to pay attention to my friends with healthy relationships, my friends, parents who have healthy relationships, my aunts and uncles, like those are my models because I have to find them somewhere. But um, it'll be interesting to see what continues to happen in, in the world of relationships. You know, the divorce rate is getting really high 
And apparently it hasn't yeah. rose in a little while. Like it got up to about 50% or something like that. And then it's kind of stayed there for a bit. So what really? is happening there? I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, you know what? People are spending more time at home and trying to figure their shit out. Maybe <laughs> realizing like the, when the world shut down, you really have to actually, like there's certain people who are such workaholics that it literally takes an epidemic to stop them for a moment. And a lot of those people probably realized, wait a minute, who am I? What, what is happening? What am I doing? Where am I? Like, you don't even know, man. We're just stimulated nonstop everywhere you go. Coffee, Instagram, like dopamine all day long. We're fueled by it. We can't even, we don't need to think for ourselves. We have robots to do that, man. We don't have to open a map. We don't have to do anything. It's just, that's what it comes down to. So why, of course, this is an epidemic with porn and self-awareness. Like it's the last thing on people's mind. Why, why does it matter when I have a self-driving car and I can get any girl I want on Tinder because if that doesn't work, there's three other apps that will like it's self instant gratification. And it's just so stimulated and injected into us that it's normalized now. And this is the conversation. It's like, this is in, this is actually not normal. This is very unnormal. This is very anti human in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, like we're, we're still going to be the humans that we are like, we've been coded this way over millennia. Um, this stuff is not going to change very quickly, but yeah, it's an interesting thing this pandemic has done because who are you without your distractions? Who are you when you have no distractions, but your job, do you like that job? You know, it's, that's all you have to think about. Um, yeah, I obviously made totally. a really big life change. I decided, what am I doing in Toronto? Like, I love the, I love Vancouver. I'm a guy who likes being near the ocean and mountains. I grew up snowboarding was my sport. Um, it fueled everything in my being for a long time. So why am I ignoring that? You know, um, you are. and I, I've, I've been slowly getting better with this because I was so, so just living my life for other people's expectations of it or what would, what would look good on the outside until I kind of really realized that I'm going to be the most powerful and the most happy when I'm doing it my own way. But yeah, man. Um, yeah. I mean, this has been a heavy, a heavy conversation, which is what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be kind of like dark and deep because um, I want people to dark. listen to this and be like, holy shit, people never talk about this, but these guys are doing it um, to hopefully get them to talk about it. Like everyone, let's just all start talking about this a little bit more. It's something that I, there aren't many things going on in the world that are concerning that quite, affects literally everyone right in that moment right every day um and that's obviously arguable but you know yeah. that's kind of the way i look at it i think i think like we're probably almost at an hour but um when it comes to to bring this back to masculinity not to mm -hmm. exclude <clears throat> females from this but um Part of my podcast is not to exclude women from any conversation, but it's more to include men because I think these conversations don't happen for men very much. Um, these kind of deep interpersonal ones. So where do you think, what do you think is the next step for masculinity as a whole, considering where we are right now, where most young men are growing up watching porn 
most young men are experiencing this lust-driven emotional economy, if that's a good way to word it, and yeah. finding themselves unfulfilled, you know. Um, what, what are the next steps? I don't know. You don't have to have the answers, I, but I'm curious. I think it's this, man. It's, it's taking the time to listen to us two ding-dongs talking about porn and jerking off, like, for an hour. <laughs> like, you, you, if you've made it this far, congratulations, because it's probably an intriguing topic in one way or the other to you, because it definitely is to everyone. I just think no one's admitting it or they're ignoring it because it feels shameful. It feels dirty. It feels wrong. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about that. But I think this first step is is tackling uncomfortable conversations and feelings with yourself within you. If you know there's something in your life that you're you know in your gut it's kind of wrong, especially for men, like you know you probably shouldn't be watching porn every night and masturbating in the dark every night and morning and going on tinder and trying to hook up with all these girls I, I i guarantee you don't in your core you know that's not healthy and i think again i i challenge any person male or female like it's it's just a matter of self-awareness and taking the first step like trying a day try a day without social media just try it right you should write i i like to tell people like one of the biggest therapeutic things in my life besides an actual counselor is um daily pages like writing every morning the first thing i do just to get it all out and like whatever it is i don't even know what it is until the, that morning nice. i didn't and know it, you were it, doing it, that i am i do that shout as well the, there you go man shout out to the artist way that's the big book i've been plugging all year i should be getting promoted or like something but uh <laughs> I, it taught me to just take time to nurture myself and it's okay it's okay to take 30 minutes every morning I have the time, everyone does, just to sit down with no distractions, a piece of paper and a pen, and just write anything. Some, the first 20 pages, 20 days, I'm probably writing about writing. I was like, what do I write? I am writing, what should I, like, I don't know, and it's fine, just keep doing it. And then, anyways, long story short, I just think take little steps to nurture yourself. And to like, you know, if you feel like something is, wrong in your life or something's distracting you more than it needs to. And I think porn is a big thing. Lust is the main thing. Take a step back. Don't follow those girls on Instagram because you know you shouldn't. And like, just don't maybe have your computer hidden in your room. Like maybe do your work in the dining room. So your roommates or your parents are like, you, you have to almost push yourself, get uncomfortable with it. And like how, kind of make sure you have, accountability you know find someone you trust and ask them the same questions that we talked about little mm -hmm. things like that masculinity is important man we don't women are getting treated terribly these days because of men who don't know who they are and what they're doing and we still have so much to learn about what it is to be a healthy male and who would have thought in 2020 that being a healthy male means not watching porn and masturbating because i think a lot of people think that's healthy and that's i'm in control i'm getting off i'm rewarding myself it's the opposite i think a healthy male at least the one i want to strive to be is not in control of dopamine and this lust drug that we're all infused with so i don't know there's well my said. little spiel yeah, yeah well said and i mean at the end of the day this is something that 
um, my girlfriend says quite often, but is it, is it really a female problem that they have men harassing them? Or is that a male problem? It's a male problem, right? Like, should they really be responsible for fixing that? No, that's a, that's a, that's a podcast right there, but (laughs) yeah, that's a whole different one. Um, and you know, like her and I have debates about a lot of things. She's, she's probably a little bit more liberal than I, where I kind of sit somewhere in the middle, I think. Uh, but yeah, like she's right. I think in that regard, you know, and I don't like this whole, like, attack on masculinity that's going on either like calling every guy who's a masculine man toxic masculinity that's not true that's just not true and it is dangerous um but there is a bit of work that can be done in the way modern men are being raised and the messages they're being taught and even just like going back to that coddling of the american mind book that joe rogan always quotes like developing strong men so that they can be better men for women and, and to stand yeah. up to other guys who, you know, are pro- proponents of this like objectification of women problem. So that all comes from having strong, solid men. And so we want strong, solid men in the world, like beating up, calling that toxic is not going to help the, the cause. It's weak, right. <laughs> it's weakness and other things where those problems all come from. So, um, yeah, true, I feel man. like that's, yeah. That, there's a lot, there's everything so connected to this topic. It, it, it really is. Like we're all in it together, men and women that are causing and affecting. Like this whole thing is interconnected. And if, the, you know, when, when a guy doesn't know who he is and he's acting out emotionally reacting to things and, He's, he feels like he's, he deserves porn. He deserves women. He's going to treat women on the street differently. And then those women are going to feel like they need to act a certain way or vice versa, you know, and that it's a whole cycle, man. I think it's males, definitely a male problem that we're doing this to women, but also I think it's both sides and we have a lot to unpackage, a lot of podcasts to go through. I like that. Yeah. We'll keep a few more of these coming out. I got to. I got to get the momentum back going. Um, well, I think a, this is a big, dude, honestly. Yeah. I think this is a really good episode. I'm excited to just plaster it up. No editing whatsoever. Exactly oh, wow. how I like it. And we'll go from there. 